Welcome to Professor Forever. I am the Professor Forever. On a clear day, rise and look around you, and you'll see who you are. Don't know why I did that. I just felt like singing, I guess. So my podcasts have been a little heavy of late, so I think today I will record one of my job stories. I feel like they are mostly funny, but mostly my stories are dramedy, drama and comedy mixed which is good, because I feel like that's how life is. But anyway. Today, the story is about my job as a tour guide in Chicago. I held it for a couple of years. It was a job where I drove a tour vehicle and told stories while I drove. So I'm not going to name the company, but not every tour company has their drivers also be the storytellers for safety's reasons, for safety reasons. This particular company, you had to do both. And I might add, if the microphone holder was broken for whatever reason on your particular vehicle, you also had to hold the microphone while pointing out sights. You had to audition by telling a story for this company. And so I did that. I didn't realize that I would be driving and telling a story at the same time, but I'm very adept at that. I still am. I was then, although I hadn't been driving for a while because I lived in Chicago and I didn't have a car. And I should say, when you live in Chicago, you really don't need a car because it has a pretty good mass transit system. But I am a good driver. I think I've talked about this before on the podcast. I drive fast, but I'm safe. I haven't had an accident in more than 35 years. And I think my last accident was associated with snow. 
And I lived in snowy places for a long time after that, but I didn't get in an accident. But I could go on and on about accidents and how I believe that they happen, but that's not for today. Today is about this job. It was a pretty fun job. You had to learn a script and then spew it out with as much flair and personality as you could. I would do a loop of Chicago uh, that took about an hour, I guess, picking people up along the way. I think most people at this time of the world know how a tour bus works, how people can get off and on at different sites, um, and you stop at those for a few minutes to let people off or let them on. They have a ticket that they show that says they can get on anywhere during the tour. And I would make about eight or nine of those loops a day when I worked. And they gave you a script. I just said that, but the script was kind of dry. It had a lot of facts about Chicago, which was great, and Chicago history, which was great. But the jokes were flat. And so what would happen, I learned very quickly, is the drivers, the tour guides who had more experience, would make up their own jokes. And after about, I don't know, a month of driving and delivering the flat script, I felt like I wanted to do that too. So I took some of their jokes and I made up some jokes. Um, I remember one thing that I said off the top of my head while I was driving that got so many laughs and I just couldn't understand why, but comedy's weird like that, right? So I had been pointing out sites along Michigan Avenue and then I saw a construction worker um, coming up out of a manhole and after pointing out two or three sites in a row and I said, I pointed to him and I said, and there's the famous head in the hole and people died over that. It's actually kind of funny <laughs> now that I think about it. But anyway, so I had this job and it was going quite well. I did have a few close calls with some of my jokes. I remember one time I was going to say something about an official in government at that time, and I turned and I saw somebody and they said, don't do it. And I said, oh, okay. And I also said something about Harry Carey's restaurant. And I said something about Harry Carey. And then someone told me later that Harry Carey's wife happened to be on that trolley. So I feel like this may be paranoid, but I feel like after a while, if you say certain kinds of jokes, uh, the city had representatives they would put on your trolleys to see if you were being too edgy. And in fact, I lost my job because they said that my comedy was too edgy, too inappropriate for the kind of clientele that we would be servicing. But that is not the funny story. The dramatic, comedic story that I want to tell. 
So I had taken somebody else's joke, and it was an interesting joke, I thought. And here's how the joke went. Do you know why the bottoms of the trolleys are red? So after you hit somebody, it's an easy cleanup. Weird joke, I admit. But it was a good filler. And where this person, this other tour guide um, that I had taken the joke from, would tell it um, they were turning in a place called River North. Uh, okay, so I one day was driving. Everything was going well. It was a bright, sunny day. And I turned the corner. I told that joke. And I hit somebody. They were an older woman. They were very short. And they happened to be right in my blind spot. She was actually crossing against the light, but she was in the pedestrian lane or whatever you call crosswalk. I heard the trolley hit her. It didn't hit her very hard, but then I heard a bunch of wailing. Turns out she had broken her elbow. Um, I think it was the way that she fell. Anyway. I said that joke, and then somebody, I heard, hit the woman, she fell down, there was some screaming, I stopped the trolley, and somebody said, this is a setup, right? <laughs> and right, how could you not think that? If you knew you were dealing with a comedic person driving a trolley, they said this joke about hitting people, they turned the corner, and then they hit somebody. You would think it was a setup but it was not. I kind of freaked out. I did not leave the driver's seat. Other people ran up to this woman and a few people got off my trolley and went to the woman I was calling base. The way that you communicated with your boss when you were a tour guide on the route was you would call in to base, and then if you had something important or personal or whatever to say, you would say, switch to B. And that meant turn your attention and turn the um, communication to the other channel, right? It's like a ham radio. So here is what I said. Lisa to base, Lisa to base. Switch to B, switch to B. Okay. Because I was freaking out. Um, so I said, I hit somebody. And they go, so you hit, you were in an accident? You hit a car? No. You hit a person. Yes. And where are you? All that stuff. So they said, just wait there and we will send somebody up from base. Um, so I found out the police were called. The police came up. Interestingly, while I was sitting there freaking out in the driver's seat, one woman who had laughed at a lot of my jokes prior to the accident went and bought me a soft drink, a pop, a 
as we say in the Midwest, which was so kind. I, she was tending to me as other people were tending to the woman. Okay, so when the police came, I had to get off the bus. I was giving them my version of what I believed happened. I really did not see this woman. And it turned out that she, well, she went to the hospital, and the one cop was really awful. And he said to me, okay, you've given your statement. And of course, I couldn't drive that day. So another tour guide had come to take the trolley away and finish the route. Before I got out, though, I should say it was an interesting incident. As people were leaving the trolley, because they had to get off that trolley, I guess it was evidence, I don't know, uh, get off that trolley and get on another trolley for whoever was driving my, the rest of my route. Um, and they would pass by my tip box, right? All drivers had a tip box. And we all had weird names. I picked the name Scary. Because I like scary things. If you've been listening to my podcast, you know that I do. So I liked scary things, and I thought, I'm going to call myself scary. Plus, I'm loud and, you know, boisterous, and so it just kind of fits. And I would tell a story about how I was um, the eighth dwarf or something, um, and my name was Scary. So here they see a tip box that says scary on it. They just witnessed or were part of an accident, and a couple of them had to give a statement too. But they passed by the tip box, but we had had a rip-roaring time before that. So they looked at the tip box, and they would go forward, a couple of people went forward with their tip to put in the box and then kind of hesitated. Then they looked at me, and remember what a great time they had, and they put the tip in the tip box anyway. So that was fabulous, that people would still tip me because they kind of weighed the pros and cons, and my comedy was the winner. Okay, so I had to get out of the trolley, and the police took a statement from me, and then that one cop, who was a jerk, took me, to the hospital where she was being treated. And she was in the emergency room. He took me to the emergency room and he told me I had to sit outside in the waiting room while she wailed as they set her broken elbow. Is that a jerk or what? I think it is. So it went, it was first a traffic violation. <laughs> um, it went to traffic court. I'm not sure exactly why. Um, I guess it was, let me see if I remember. I think it was negligence in driving, and it was a traffic offense. So I was, you know, told by the trolley company to plead no contest. This is how I learned a lot about the legal system and why you plead no contest to just about everything unless you want to assume guilt, right? Uh, so I pled no contest, and when I showed up for that offense, and I had a lawyer from the trolley company with me, they did give me a lawyer, 
and he said, make sure you say no contest. The judge, who was a woman, I found out later, but I thought it was interesting to experience this firsthand. She asked the woman, who was, you know, she had a cast on, but she was better. She was older. She asked her if the person who hit her while driving was in the courtroom. And the woman said, yes. And then the judge asked her, how do you know that that's the person? And she gave the wrong answer. She said, because that person identified themselves when her name was announced. And the judge said, so you did not see her as the driver of the trolley? And she said, no. And she said, case dismissed. I was shocked. So I didn't have to do anything. I had learned later that this woman was a complainant. She went to court a lot, and she sued people a lot. And the judge actually knew who she was. For whatever reason, that judge wanted to give me a break, and so she threw the ticket out. Well, that would not daunt this person. Of course, they took me to civil court, and I ended up talking to a person that I had done a story on while I was a reporter who had also run over someone. I just ran into someone. He ran over someone. And he told me that a civil case can hang in the balance about 10 years. That scared the bejesus out of me. Anyway, that was more serious. I had to go give a deposition. I was afraid. My sister was kind enough to take time off of work to accompany me. When I was giving my deposition, if I even glanced at my sister, the prosecutors from the other side would say, don't look at your sister. Okay. Anyway, uh, so that was scary. And the lawyer did say, I'll be in touch. We'll see what happens, blah, blah, blah. So I had to wait 10 years to feel confident that I was not going to be stuck in this payment they sued both me and the trolley company, and she sued for a million dollars. So I was barely even making my rent then. She would, try and, she would be trying to get the proverbial blood out of a stone. But so I was running my open mic show at this same time, and some of the trolley drivers were my friends, and they were all artists. I feel like every storyteller in Chicago was in some kind of theater uh, life or comedic life at some time, um, and most of them were. And right after the accident, somebody came to tell a story at my show, and they were a trolley driver, and they told the story. And, of course, and I hadn't even thought about this, but as soon as the accident happened and I got on 
you know, the CB radio and said, switch to me, switch to me. The way the story went was, and we all switched to me. <laughs> so they all knew what had happened. And it became a story that revolved from person to person. Anyway, it feels weird to hit a person, especially one you don't see coming in front of you. And that weird adrenalism that, adrenalism, adre you know, this weird feeling goes through you. Adrenaline. And it makes your nerves hurt. Whenever you are in a close call, I feel like that happens. Adrenalism. Kind of liking that now. Uh, but it is adrenaline. So, I still remember what that felt like. It was not good. Turned out, my trolley company wasn't angry with me for hitting the woman. And I guess other people had hit people before, which I only learned after I didn't have the job anymore. They made me go into sales for a few months, and then they asked me if I was comfortable to drive again, to which I said yes, and they put me back on the road. So they were not going to fire me at all for hitting somebody. I was a really good storyteller in their view. So, but when I did tell a story about the mayor, they did come to me and say, someone caught you telling that story, and I'm afraid you're going to have to leave this job. And that is the story of me working for the tour guide company in Chicago. I hope you enjoyed it. This is kind of a short one, but I thought we needed a little bit of dramedy in after the heavy material. There are many lessons that could be gleaned from this, I think. I'll leave it up to you to decide which lessons you think are worth keeping. Until next time, Keep thinking. She's got no lessons planned for me Because she's not that fancy She's a professor forever Professor forever Professor forever